Welcome to the Weight Loss and Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello, my friends. I'm so happy to be here with you today. It is episode 101. Oh my goodness. I can't believe we have got here. And um, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, we started off with the 1 to 50 in the 100 ways that coaching has impacted me. And it was a really meaningful episode to me because actually just writing some of these things out really helped me look back on, damn, I'm so proud of myself that I decided to hire a life coach to lose weight. And I guess I didn't expect that so many of these things would happen. And it feels like so, what's the word? Um, it blows my mind that this is possible. And so this is the reason why I show up every week and teach you all of these things, because it really is possible for you too. And if anything that I say resonates on this podcast, and you're like, you know what, I think she's talking to me. I think she's in my head. I can see myself doing a lot of the things that she talks about. And I'd really love to learn this way to lose weight in the most loving and doable way. And I just never want to have to worry about my weight or my food ever. I want to learn how to manage my mind. I want to learn how to be okay in any situation and not let let my mind control me, but actually be in control of my mind, not let my food control me, but actually be in control of my food. Any of that, this group coaching program is definitely for you. So if you're listening to this episode as it airs, then you still have some time to join the May Group Coaching Program. Enrollment closes on Friday the 5th of May and I would be honoured to speak to you. There's still some consult slots available and they are 30 minutes of literally diving into you, your journey, where you've struggled, what you'd like to achieve looking at the things that you've been doing that haven't been helping you, actually talking through what would help you, how to get you there, and how the group coaching program may be able to help you get there. And it's basically a no obligation call where we talk through the various aspects of your life and where it would be useful for you to pay some attention. So whether you decide to sign up or not, I think the consult will be a really useful um, conversation for you. So if you would like to sign up, go to www.amruticoaching.com forward slash group. And I will put the link in the show notes and you can just click from there. Okay, let's get on with today's episode. So as we are doing a month of celebration and talking about how important celebration is in weight loss, we are going to continue with number 51 to 100 in how coaching has impacted me because this really is 
a celebration. This really is looking at all the ways that it's impacted me that I didn't even know, you know, would um, be the case in areas of weight loss, but also in other areas of my life. And I think it's going to be fun for you to really understand how getting coached on weight loss is basically just the way into your mind. And when you learn the mind management tools that I will teach you in the program, you will be able to apply it to any other area of your life. And I know I talk about this in my podcast and in my posts and stuff, but sometimes just seeing the impact on me or on other clients when I've talked about them in other episodes, it may just help you to relate to it a little bit better because sometimes it can seem quite abstract and and a bit like, oh, I don't really get what she's talking about, right? So this is why I wanted to give you like specific things of how coaching has impacted me so that you can kind of get a feel for it. Okay, so we're going to dive in. Number 51, I feel like I can figure anything out. Recently, I had a website and an email issue. (laughs) If you're on my social media, you'll probably have heard me talking about um, this really annoying me and I'm like really having to manage my mind around it and things like that. But basically, when I was able to be okay with this going wrong and being willing to try this and that not working and try this and that not working, try this and that not working. At the end, I was able to figure it out because I was willing to not give up. And that is something I've gained from coaching. Believing that I can figure anything out. If I could figure my weight loss out, there's nothing in life I can't figure out. If I can figure out something that I've been struggling with for three and a half decades of my life, honestly, the sky's the limit. And I only have this kind of confidence because I had no idea that I was going to be able to lose 42 kilos, but I still bet on myself in coaching. And so that's what I invite you to do if that's something that really resonates with you. Number 52, the slower I'm willing to go, the faster I actually go. This was something I learned in my weight loss journey when I realized that putting pressure on myself and expecting myself to lose one kilo a week every week without fail was just not always going to be possible. I may have done that in other diets where I was hugely restricting myself and things like that, but I knew that this was the last time I was ever going to lose weight. So what was the rush? So when I was willing to actually slow down, when I was willing to actually look at the specifics of my plan, evaluating, and actually just being rather than doing more, it changed everything. So when I was willing to slow down, my weight loss actually expedited. I actually lost even more weight. It blew my mind and it showed me that actually slowing down was something that I wanted to work on in other areas of my life as well. So slowing down in my um, constantly needing to rush in my time management, in my calendar, constantly rushing with my kids and not actually embracing the moment. So much of it was me thinking that I needed to rush through it to get it done. But actually, when I was willing to slow down, I was able to be way more productive. I was able to be way more present with my kids. And I actually got things done way faster, which was so fun. 53, setting boundaries can be done with love. Now, before when I was setting boundaries, when I was learning what boundaries actually were, how to set boundaries, actually, I'll probably do a podcast on boundaries um, again, because I know I've done one, but I think I'll do another one because it's something that I coach on quite a lot. But 
When I was able to understand that you can set a boundary with love and it doesn't have to be like a threat, everything changed for me because then I was like, oh, I'm not setting this boundary because I'm trying to be mean to the other person. I'm only setting this boundary because I really am learning how to look after myself and speak up for myself. And this is the biggest act of love that I can have for myself and also for the other person because I am not people pleasing them, right? So that changed everything for me. Number 54, I'm happier to, I'm happier actually when I honor my boundaries the most. So I realized this when I was setting boundaries when I first started setting them, but I wasn't following through with what, I, what, like the end bit of the boundary. So with a boundary, it's something, it's acknowledging that you're not gonna be able to change the other person but we don't need the other person to change for us to feel better. So a boundary is when you are saying, if you do this, then this is the action I am going to take. So if you come to my door unannounced, I am not going to answer the door. Now, initially I was like, wait, isn't that a threat? Like you're threatening them. But there's a big difference between threat and a boundary. A boundary is not expecting them to change at all, It's just deciding that this is the action that I'm going to take to uphold my boundary. And it's not something that you just do willy-nilly. It's to protect yourself in some way, right? This may be protecting your mental health. It may be protecting your physical space. Um, It may be protecting your values. Whatever it may be, it's something that's there for you, not something that you're doing against you, okay? So when I realized that actually... I previously, what I was doing in my life is I didn't have any boundaries and then I was constantly resentful. I realized that actually when I honor my my boundaries, that is when I'm the happiest. And it may be hard to honor the boundary initially, but then things got easier and easier and easier the more I was willing to do it. Number 55, I can give myself what food has given me for so long. Oh, this one blows my mind. For so long, I went to food for comfort, for peace, for a reward, for pushing away boredom. And I realized that I can give all of the things that food has given to me without needing the food. So I can give myself a rest. I can allow myself to be bored and not need to distract myself. I can reward myself with my own thinking or other things that actually nourish me. I don't always have to resort to food and that changed everything for me. Number 56, I can calm myself down. And sometimes it may take seconds, sometimes it may may take minutes, sometimes it may take hours and sometimes it may take days. And this was big for me because I always thought of myself as quite an angry person and to the world it may not show up that way but I had a lot of internal anger like like a lot of that and I realized that actually I could calm myself down and I was willing to let it take as long as it took seconds minutes hours days and I knew that I was always in control of that number 57 however hard it is it will pass This was something that really took a long time for me because I didn't want it to be hard, right? I'm human, 
I want my brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay how it is as well. And so I, I had grown up pushing that away because I had a normal functioning human brain, right? And so I didn't want anything to be hard. I wanted it to be easy. But when I knew that this period of hard, whatever the emotion is, it will pass. I was like, oh, okay, so it's not always going to be like this. Then it gave me the motivation to be like, okay, yeah, I could get through this for a little while. And so I didn't automatically think that if I was feeling a negative emotion that I would stay in the negative emotion. And that was big because a lot of my clients, they're not willing to feel bored or the shame or the guilt or the overwhelm or the anxiety because they think that if they feel the emotion, they'll stay there. And actually the absolute opposite is true. When you're willing to feel the emotion, it actually passes much quicker. Number 58, I learned how to embrace nature. What? What's that got to do with like weight loss, you may ask? But when I was going on this journey, I was allowing myself to take time for myself. So I would go on a walk. And initially it was really hard for me to go on a walk. And I was like always telling myself, I don't like nature. I, you know, I'd rather just go on my stepper, do my exercise that way. But the more I was like connecting to me, the more I realized that actually I loved nature. I was able to just go out on a walk and and like look at the birds or look at the sky or find some beautiful flowers and appreciate the snow on the grass. Like whatever it may be, I was able to look at nature and think, wow, this is so beautiful. And I never ever thought I was a nature girl, but now I'm embracing nature so much more. Number 59, I fill my day with nourishing things. So I always think about how am I nourishing my mind? How am I nourishing my body? And how am I nourishing my soul? And I build up my day with things that nourish each of those things. So an example, nourishing my mind would be creating some content for you because I know that I'm going to be stretching my brain and I'm going to be doing things that may feel difficult for me. That's stretching my mind. I'm always consuming information that I feel may be useful for me to learn and implement and then teach you guys. Nourishing my body is eating food that's fuel for my body and eating to enough and moving my body in the most loving way and nourishing my soul is things like actually contributing to my purpose in this world. So contributing to the podcast, connecting with a human that I can help, meditating, praying, really connecting to this co-creation between me and God. It's not just me creating this. I am only able to bring you this amazing information because I'm co-creating this with God. And you may not be religious, you may be able to um, believe in the universe or a higher power or something, whatever resonates with you, you can think that on an everyday basis for you as well. Because I feel that when I feel like God's always on my side or I'm co-creating this thing with God, then it feels like it's less pressure on me and it's not me doing everything. So that feels really fun for me. Okay, number 60, the more I invest in me, the more my kids benefit. Because I realize that I'm much calmer, I'm much more present, 
I'm willing to goof around with them. I'm willing to like dance around, you know, in the kitchen and like do some really like weird moves. I'm willing to help them rather than micro-parent them and, and expect them to lead the life that I was expecting for them. I'm doing a parenting course at the moment because one of the things that I'm really working on is becoming a more present parent and a person who's not always like shouting at my kids or um, expecting them to listen to me, things like that. And you may be thinking, wait, hold on, you're a life coach. Why would you need to, you know, go on a course? And the reason is because firstly, as a human, I'm always going to be working on something. I'm always going to be struggling with something and that's okay. And I can either look at it as a problem or I can look at it as something that I want to focus my attention on. So for you, if weight loss is the thing that you're struggling with right now, you can either think of it as a problem or you can either think of it as this is something that I want to focus my attention on and solve. And this is the reason why we have the group coaching program. It's there to help you do that. So remember, if you do want to join, go to www.amritacoaching.com forward slash group. Okay. Number 61 The most important is teaching my kids these tools. And I feel like I have fulfilled my purpose as a mum when I am teaching them these tools. So just teaching them at the ages of five and seven that their thoughts create their feelings, not something that someone else has said or something that someone else has done or something that's going on at school, for example, but actually it's their thinking about the situation that's creating how they're feeling. And that has changed everything (laughs) because I don't know if I've mentioned it in one of the podcasts, but often like I'm human and I sometimes say, stop annoying me, Vivan. And he often says to me, mommy, I don't have the power to annoy you. It's your thinking that's making you feel annoyed. And I'm like, oh my goodness my kids are teaching me and like it's proper coming back in my face but I would much rather have it that way that actually they get it and that's really fun number 62 there can be two truths you can be right and they can be right because a truth is basically just something that you truly believe and it's okay that other people believe different things There can be two truths. It doesn't have to be that you are right and he is wrong. It can be, I am right and he is right. And that has really helped me in my relationship with my kids, with my relationship with my mother-in-law, with my relationship with Rick. And when I was able to implement that, everything changed because it wasn't like I was fighting them. It was like, oh, hold on. We just have two different opinions. I'm right and they're right. It's fine. So try that on for you whenever you're struggling could it be that there's two truths here another thing 63 they're welcome to be wrong about me this was a big deal for me I had some haters earlier on in my coaching career and I often have them like you know sprinkled in um even now and initially I was really really hurt and I was like I felt so much shame I thought I'd done something wrong and I just realized that I don't want other people's opinions of me to be how I look at myself 
they're welcome to be wrong about me. If they think that I am, you know, selfish or in it for, you know, ulterior motives or whatever, they get to be wrong about me. And that's okay because I know the reason why I do this. And it just made me realize that not everyone's going to like me, even though I'm super fun and I'm super cool. And yeah, I know you all love me because you're listening to me, but it's okay if people don't like me. They're welcome to be wrong. So you can try that for you too. If someone, if you're struggling with someone, you know, saying something bad about you or whatever, if you don't believe that about you, then it's okay. They're welcome to be wrong, right? But if you if you sense that you believe a little bit of what they're saying, you may want to just look into that a bit more and and see what your opinions of yourself are. Number 64, there's always a lesson or learning and I may not see it yet and that's okay. This one was really useful for me when I was going through some money scarcity a few months ago and everything was fine but I was like like it was really triggering my nervous system and I was like oh my gosh like this there's a lot going on and you know I'm not gonna have any money and all of this and I was really really stressed about that and I realized that even though I didn't like what was happening there was always a lesson and some learning in that and the lesson that I was able to look at afterwards was oh, this was just a way of God highlighting to me where I needed to pay some attention. And so I started budgeting a bit more. I started paying a bit more closer attention to my money. I started actually talking to Rick about it. We were actually like being way more on top of our finances. And that lesson wouldn't have come if I was just stuck in the, oh my gosh, this is such a problem. But I can always think there's always a lesson and always some learning in this. Number 65, I'm led by a higher power. This is really fun for me because I don't feel like I have to do it all on my own. I know that there's God who always has my back and that brings me a lot of peace. Number 66, the more I'm willing to let go of control, the more in control of my life I actually am. This one is something I'm still working on (laughs) because I feel like I do still want to control things and I think that my brain loves the certainty of when I'm controlling something then I know or I can predict how it's going to turn out and I feel better when I feel more certain and I've realized that the more I'm actually willing to let go of the control and let my kids be however they want to be and let there be traffic on the road and not need to you know control that and let people be wrong about me the more in control of my life I actually am. I feel more in control of my body, of my mind, of my emotions. And it feels like a great place to be. And I just feel so much more abundant then. Number 67, simple steps make a huge impact. And this is what I saw specifically when I was tweaking my food protocol. I didn't need to recreate the wheel. I didn't need to go to a whole new way of eating. All I did was I tweaked it. I put down my plan and when I saw things that weren't quite working, I didn't change everything. I just tweaked one little thing. And then I reevaluated. And that was really, really fun because I saw that very simple steps 
can make a huge impact. So I'll give you an example. When I was um, trying to lose weight, I noticed that I was having two huge tablespoons of peanut butter because I was thinking, oh, this is something I really enjoy and this is on my protocol and this is gonna be amazing. But what I noticed is when I was doing that, I was, firstly, there were huge heaped teaspoon, uh, tablespoons and then I was adding in cream and then I was adding in all these berries and it was so delicious and I was enjoying it, but I was overeating that a little bit. So my weight was going up and I was like, oh, what's going on here? So all I did was I tweaked it by making it one tablespoon, one heap tablespoon of peanut butter. And then I evaluated it. And that one tweak was like everything because that was the right amount for my body. And so I carried on like eating in that way and it felt really nourishing for me. I was still able to eat how I wanted. It was still enough, plenty in fact, and I was still losing the weight. So that's one tiny little tweak where a simple step made a huge impact. 68, I get to be my very own best friend. Now I know that sounds a little bit cliche, but I genuinely feel like there's no one else in this world who is with you as often as you are with you. And so if you are constantly being like mean to yourself, critical of yourself, it's like having a best friend who's constantly putting you down. After a while, you'd probably say, you know what, I don't really wanna hang out with you anymore. But you can't do that with your own inner critic, right? Your own primitive brain. And so, actually learning how to be your own best friend, your own biggest cheerleader, it's super fun because the inner critic will come, but then when you're used to like actually reminding yourself, actually, no, 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 that's not correct anymore. This is what we're believing it changes everything. And um, you get to actually be really kind to yourself and your own best friend, which is really, really fun. Number 68, oh, hold on, 69, we're on. Reparenting myself is okay. So I went, I often go through the process of reparenting and that's where you really tend to that inner child that needed something in my childhood that I didn't get. And I often do that in my coaching when I'm coaching other people, but I also, my coaches often do it with me too. And it's really, really powerful. Number 70, I can love my parents and also know that there were some ways that my brain interpreted the things that I'd like to work on and not pass on. So my parents did things in a way that I don't want to do with my kids in certain aspects. And so there's some things that they did amazingly and I would like to pass that on, but there's a lot of things that I don't want to bring my kids up that way. And it's okay to think that and still love my parents. Number 71, the more I simplify my life, the better it is. I thought initially when I became a life coach that I wanted to do some huge things and I wanted to um, like work all the time and I wanted to go on all these fancy holidays and I wanted to buy expensive things and I wanted to um, you know be with the best coaches in the world and you know all these like big big dreams and I still have some of those dreams but actually I enjoy my life more when it's super simple when I'm eating simple food, 
when I'm moving my body, when I'm like meditating, when I'm with my family, my loved ones, and when I am connecting with all of you. And so I realized that that's actually quite a simple life. I don't need all the big fancy things. Now, it's fun to have the big fancy things now and again, but what I'm trying to say is when I was able to simplify my food, simplify my life, everything was so much more enjoyable. And I didn't need all the like big fancy things to create my happiness. And I was able to create it from within. Number 72, multitasking is overrated. I could focus on one thing and then move on to the other. And that was a big thing for me because I was often telling myself that I need to multitask. I need to do this and this and this. But actually all you're doing, you can only ever do one thing at a time. And so when you are multitasking, you're never giving your full attention to the one task. And so it actually ends up taking longer. So I love to remind my kids that as well. And we focus on one thing and then we move on to the other. Number 73, my role in life isn't to control my kids. It's to guide them and let them live their own lives let them live their own lives, allowing them to experience their very own version of 50-50 of emotions. So as parents, I know we want to stop our kids feeling pain. But the truth of the matter is, even as children, they're going to have a 50-50 experience, 50% positive emotion and 50% negative emotion. And we can't um, get rid of all of their pain. And even if we try really, really hard, it's just impossible. So one of the biggest things for me that I'm still working on because I'm human and I want to control my kids so that they don't experience any pain is that I was, I'm was i allowing myself to let them live their life and accept the consequences and guide them, of course, but not like shelter them so much that they don't feel any hardship. And I'm not saying that I'm putting them into hardship on purpose and, you know, like anything like that, but letting them experience their negative emotions and not like wanting to cheer them up straight away with food or with, you know, a toy or anything like that, but allowing them to experience it and being with them and supporting them through that, that has been everything. Number 74, I can create phenomenal things by mining my own brain. So this is like literally something that blows my mind every day. My group coaching program is literally a work of art and it has my course, which I put together myself. I thought about what are the things that I would need to teach? How can I incorporate the science of weight loss? How can I um, teach them everything that they need to know? Um, How can I incorporate the mind management? How can I incorporate my experience as a doctor? And I created my Lose Weight Using Mind Management course. And that is a course that literally people, when they join the group coaching program, they have immediate access to the course. And people have lost weight just by watching that course. They've lost like four kilos even before they started the group coaching program, which is so fun. And I feel so proud of that because it took a lot of time, energy, money, And I'm so proud that this is going to be there to help people for decades to come. And that only happened because I was able to mine my own brain for my own expertise. The same thing happened with my planner. So the mind and body food planner that so many of my clients love and they rant and rave about. That's another thing that came from my own brain. And 
I was like, whoa, like it took over a hundred hours to create, but I'm so proud of that because it will now help my clients for decades to come, right? My own coaching. So allowing myself to invest in my own brain and then mine my own brain and trust my own brain has been everything. And so that's why people keep coming back again and again and again for my coaching because they find it so useful and they find my my teaching methods and my course and my you know intellectual properties so the things that I'm creating for my own brain so useful which is so fun because it was my brain that created that not like thinking that my coach's brain is better than mine or that my mentor's brain is better than mine but just trusting that I'm so blessed that I get to learn from these amazing people and I have a different take on it and the way when I can mine my own brain for my own expertise then that's what my people want to hear and that's so fun 75 my brain won't want to do it and that's okay I can feel the doubt confusion dread fear and I can do it anyway This is probably one of the biggest things I gained from coaching. And I still go back to this again and again and again. Every day. My brain doesn't want to plan my food. And it's okay. I can feel the dread and do it anyway. My brain doesn't ever want to stop at one tablespoon of peanut butter. And you know what? I feel the anxiety, the urge, and I do it anyway. So... It's okay that your brain won't want to do all these things. You can become a person who does the the uncomfortable thing anyway. This is possible for you too, my friend. Number 76. The more I focus on abundance, my own abundance, the more abundant I become. So, when I was really looking at how phenomenal my life is, my life just keeps getting more and more phenomenal. When I keep focusing on how much like wealth I actually have, I keep becoming more and more wealthy. When I focus on the phenomenal health I have, I keep striving to become more and more healthy. And so it's really interesting that, like I've been hearing it for ages, yeah, focus on abundance and you'll become more abundant. And I was like, okay, yeah, but now I actually feel it. (laughs) What you focus on grows. And so you can focus on any of these things and that will grow. Number 77, celebration is essential in life. Oh my goodness, this is why I'm doing this celebration month. Because if you don't celebrate, then you are not creating that safety in your nervous system to carry on creating success. Because your brain is always going to be like, oh no, but this isn't good enough. Oh no, but this isn't good enough. You'll probably be blowing your mind with achieving the results that you said that you were going to achieve, right? And if you don't celebrate, then your brain's going to be like, nah, that's not enough. So you basically keep delaying your happy emotions or your feelings of of accomplishment or pride or um, feeling successful because you are not allowing yourself to celebrate. So that's why it's so essential. And as a big, like high achiever, this was something I really struggled with because I thought that it was arrogant and you shouldn't celebrate, you need to be humble. Actually, you can be very humble and celebrate. Um, And so that was really big for me. Number 78, I get to take pictures with my boys and I don't analyze them. I don't think, oh, you know what? I can't take a picture because I look too fat. 
that is a huge impact because now for the rest of my life, I don't have to hide away in pictures. And that for me is a big, big deal. Number 79, I get to wear whatever is in my wardrobe and not have to like think twice. Now, I still have thoughts of, you know what, your bum looks big in that, your thighs look big, oh, look at your arms. But everything still fits in my wardrobe and I'm able to manage my mind when those thoughts come up. So in the group coaching program, so many of these things we coach on, um, I'm not saying that these thoughts will ever go away because you've got a primitive brain trying to keep you safe. So those thoughts will always come up. But what I am saying is you will know how to respond back to them. And when you can respond back to them, you don't have to believe them, right? And so everything changes because these thoughts may come in automatically, but you don't have to believe it. So then you it doesn't um, create your results. Number 80, I will always figure it out. I love this one because It's even if something feels really, really scary to me and I don't know exactly how to solve for it, when I believe I will always figure it out, then I know that no matter what happens, I am the person who will figure it out. Number 81, my brain is the best problem solver. I have always been a problem solver from childhood and now I feel so proud that I get to help my clients solve their problems. So fun. I'm like that person who people come to when they've got an issue with something and I'm like instantly in problem solving mode. And I feel like I'm embracing that a lot more because of the effect of coaching. Number 82, I trust my own inner wisdom more than anyone external to me. So this is still work in progress and I still sometimes put some of my coaches on pedestals and stuff. But actually, when I'm trusting my own inner wisdom, when I'm connecting to what feels truly right to me, then I achieve the most success and I feel the most in alignment with my values. And so this has been an effect of coaching. Number 83, I always invest in learning a new skill. So I'm always doing the next course. I'm always doing the next program. And I'm always investing in my brain and in my business. And I feel like this is so fun. Like I'm such a learner. And sometimes I have to actually calm it down because I feel like I just want to keep learning, but then not like put some of the things into practice, right? So I love investing in a new skill, but actually then putting it into practice. Number 84, time waits for no one. I get to live life now. This was a big one for me because I would always be delaying my celebration up until when. So I was like, okay, first get into medical school. Then you can, then you'll have a good life. I get into medical school. Then I'm like, okay, no, you'll have a good life when you've finished medical school. I finished medical school. And then I say to myself, oh, you'll have a good life when you finish foundation training. I finished foundation training. Oh, you'll have a good life after you've done GP training. I finished GP training. Oh, you'll have a good life after you're married and had had uh, have a house. I've done that. Oh, you'll have a good life after you've had kids. I mean, you get the picture, right? So time waits for no one. You have to choose to live your life now. And that is something that I am learning through regularly getting coached. As you know, I get coached three to four times a week for my own brain. And that's why I'm such a phenomenal coach for you guys, because I invest very highly in my own brain and in my own coaching so that I have 
the space and I'm able to like really help you with your problems and not be in my own brain, which is really fun. Okay. Number 85, evaluation is key. Oh my goodness. Evaluating my food changed everything. I didn't want to evaluate, but that was the one thing that helped me make small little tweaks that changed everything. I'm doing that a lot more in my time now. So evaluating, okay, like how did I do with my time management today? Um, I'm doing that more with my business. Still something that I'm trying to like do a bit more with my business and with my money, but that's work in progress. And I know the value of evaluation because I've seen the huge impacts with my food and with my time. And it's so underrated, but it's so essential. This is one thing, like it doesn't have to take long, but it could take literally one minute a day. If you just looked at what did you plan and did you actually eat that and why not? From a place of no judgment, you will find out so much about what is what food is solving for you. Same thing in your time, in your business, in your money, in all areas. Number 86, I already have knowledge to get started and I can fill in the gaps along the way. So many of my clients don't join the group coaching program because they think they need to know everything before they join. No, you're going to learn everything there in the program, right? So when you think that you need to know before getting started, you're just getting it backwards. So you will fill the gaps in along the way, but you don't need to know everything. You don't need to know the path. No one will ever be able to predict the path, but you get to have some knowledge to get started. And if you would like to book a consult with me, that's where I explain the group coaching program. I explain how it will specifically impact you, what specific bits um, you will benefit from. And then you get to fill in the gaps along the way. And that's when we actually start coaching, right? You don't need to know like exactly the ins and outs of everything because you it's going to be different for different people. You will never be able to plan that out from beforehand, right? So this is the reason why you don't want to know the the how before getting started. You want to be the person who gets there, right? So focus more on the being rather than the doing. Number 87, I don't force myself to do, do things expected by society. So Something for me is I used to call myself lazy because I wasn't always doing the dishes or tidying the house all the time and things like that. And now I'm like, listen, I am a badass. I am running a business. I have two young children. I'm helping people all across the world. I am learning how to honor myself and I'm doing the housework. And so, yeah, I'm not always going to have the tidiest house. And I'm not always going to, you know, be able to make the food on time and things like that, right? And I don't force myself to do it because that's what society has told me. That's been huge for me, especially in the Indian culture, because so much of us are prized by um, like these cultural norms of you need to be this way and this way and this way to be a good wife, to be a good mum, to be a good daughter, daughter daughter-in-law. And so when you are able to break free of these, these cultural paradigms, then everything changes. Number 88, I'm messy and imperfect and that's okay. So many of you may be listening to this podcast and you may have this image of me that I'm like perfect and things like that. So many people say that. And I'm like, 
I, the reason why I tell you about my imperfections and me not being perfect and everything is because I want to normalize it for you. No one is perfect. And even the people who you look up to, they have their own things going on. And so when you can embrace that imperfection and know that, you know what, this is exactly what makes you absolutely perfect the way you are, absolutely worthy the way you are, because you've got these imperfections that, you know, um, are so, so like amazing. That's when things change. You don't have to always like try to better yourself and stuff. You can be messy. You can be like, you know, um, lazy at times. You can be jealous. You can be um, not wanting to do things with your kids all the time. And that's okay. You don't need to be perfect. Number 89, I get to offload all my thoughts in a thought download and I instantly get to feel better. You know that? Um, that feeling you get when you talk to one of your best friends on the phone and you've just had that real heart to heart and you just feel so much lighter. That's the feeling I get when I do a thought download and I get to do that twice a day. So I do a thought download twice a day because it really benefits me. And so I love that I get to do that. And that was all through coaching and I continue to do that every day. Number 90. Doing hard things is actually fun. I used to think that, oh no, I can't do hard things because, you know, it's too hard. But actually, I realized that I'm, I'm a very high achiever and actually I enjoy doing hard things. I feel way more accomplished when I've done something hard than when I've done something that I do every day. Like, I don't feel that accomplished making a cup of coffee, but I do feel damn accomplished when I've recorded the best podcast for you that I know is going to live on for decades to come and it's going to be adding to my legacy in this world like what I feel so accomplished I think people all across the world are listening to this podcast and are being inspired by this that is phenomenal like who does that and so I'm like yes doing hard things is fun number 91 the more I play the happier I am I have been like very much in the mindset of be professional you know be, be serious, like that's what is professional, etc., etc. And actually, I realized that life doesn't have to be like that. I can actually enjoy my life. I can actually have some fun. I can play around. And actually, when I do that, the happier I am. When I take myself less seriously and actually, like, I'm much more playful with myself, you know, I'm so much happier. And I learned that from my children. They play like and they just giggle and they laugh and they take themselves, you know, like lightly and they, they're not, they don't take themselves too seriously. And, you know, it's just like such a pleasure to watch. And I realized that I could learn so much from them. And I do that when I actually play and allow myself to be goofy, I'm so much happier. 92. Commitment is doing things even when I don't want to do them. And Sometimes I think that I'm committed to something, but I'm not actually committed because it's, I'm not always um, doing it. And so I'm like, oh, that's when I can tune in and be like, oh, am I actually committed to this or do I just want it? There's a big difference between commitment and wanting. And so committing is doing it even when I don't want to do it and feeling that discomfort and doing it anyway. And not from a place of like pushing myself and beating myself into doing it and being really hard on myself, but actually from a place of, talking to myself in a way and being able to feel those emotions like the dread or the anxiety when it comes to doing the thing and like really holding space for those emotions in my body, feeling them and then doing the task that I said I was going to do. 
And that is really, really big for me. Number 93, my future self is thanking me right now. I always get to set her up for success. This one is really big for me. And I often think about it every day. I often even remind myself, oh, you know what? My future self is thanking me right now. Yeah. And I often thank my past self as well. I know it sounds a bit odd, but I'm like, thank you so much for setting me up. Yes, this is so much better because you set me up. Thank you. And I often think about that future self, that future self in the morning when I won't want to exercise and I've already set out my exercise clothes and they're already there and they're washed and they're ready. I thank her every day and I think, yes, you're setting me up. Thank you. Right. So I want you to think about how you are setting your future self up and are you setting her up for for success or are you setting her up for failure and how can you set her up for success? 94, me being different makes me unique. Often at the beginning of my career, I was trying to be like other coaches and, you know, I think that's quite normal, right? Because you're trying to be like your mentors and things. But actually me being me makes me so fun and so unique. And I was like, I don't need to be like anyone else. I want to be like me. So that was something that I have cultivated over being coached for the last three years. 95, I get to mix tough love and gentle love and that is so fun. So tough love is when I'm like being disciplined with myself and saying, hey, I know you don't want to do it, but this is just some, this is just who we are. We just do it anyway. And gentle love is when I'm really nourishing myself and being like, look, I really get it. I know you don't want to do it. Of course you don't want to do it. Yeah, I hear you. And so when I can mix those two up and give myself exactly what I need, I'm always loving to myself. And loving doesn't always have to be like the tom gentle way. A lot of the time I need the tough love too, right? And that's okay because it's it's coming from a place of like love and actually getting things done that mean a lot to me is one of the most loving things I can do for myself. Number 96, I always give myself what I need. This has been really fun for me, even when I overeat or when I have an occasional binge, because this takes so much of the shame out of it. When I believe I always give myself what I need, I just realized that at the time, the food was giving me that and I wasn't able to give it to myself. So that's when I can get curious and like really look into what was I really needing in that moment and how can I give it to myself without relying on food? That changed everything for me and I still continue to do that work. Now, of course, my overeats and binges are very um, infrequent, but I want to tell you that it doesn't mean that they're completely eliminated. I'm human and yes, I will overeat sometimes and yes, occasionally I do have a binge, but I'm still at my goal weight and I was able to get there even with this. So that's why I highlight this to you so that you don't expect perfection on your journey. There is no such thing. And when you get rid of that notion, then you will get there much faster. Number 97, I am a pioneer and it's okay to feel scared. I'm doing new things in the world. The things I'm bringing into the world have never existed. I am a creator. I'm a pioneer of new things. And so of course I'm going to be scared. Of course my primitive brain is going to want to try and protect me because it doesn't want me to do new things because it thinks that it's dangerous, right? So it's okay to feel scared. Nothing has gone wrong. It's just a sign that I am growing. Number 98, success is learning, implementing, and tweaking. 
and learning alone won't create results. I love consuming, (laughs) but just learning isn't going to create the results. So that is when I get to learn, implement, and then tweak. So that is the learning, getting the knowledge, then putting it into practice, and then evaluating. And that's where I complete my success cycle. Number 99, nature is beautiful. And I get to notice new things about it and be in awe daily. This is something that is really fun for me when I go on my morning walks, when I'm able to just notice some new flower or a new insect or a bird in the sky or some clouds in the sky. And when I'm able to look at it and like be in awe of nature, I'm much more in in line to, that's probably not the right word, but I'm much more in tune probably. Is that the right word? I'm not sure, but you get what I mean. I'm much more in tune to notice the awe in my life and in um, different parts of my life every day because I'm actively looking for it in the morning. And number 100, I am living my purpose in life. And I left this one for last because it's the most meaningful for me. I was thinking about it the other day. If God was to take me now, I could honestly say that I lived a full life. And I can't believe that I'm at this place where then every single day from now just gets to be a bonus. And I feel so incredibly blessed. And so these are my 100. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode and really celebrating with me. And... I want you to be able to create these celebrations for yourself too. And the first step is joining the group coaching program. So if any of this resonates with you, if you want to create a life like this, join. Come and book a free consult. Enrollment is open until Friday the 5th of May. And I do have consult slots available on Friday the 5th of May. So book your free consult and I would love to help you. And we are continuing this celebration party all this month so we can learn how to use this celebration in our life and I feel so blessed and honored to be able to bring you this today okay my friends I will see you next week take care bye for more free resources and for information on how to work with me visit www.amruticoaching.com